0: Welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today's episode is, you know, I always say this episode is going to be an interesting episode because everyone I interview is definitely interesting. But today, I think you're probably going to be a little bit more surprised than than the normal aspect, right? So today we're talking to Noah Aon. And... Just his name alone, right? I mean, obviously, it is a name that he's given himself. We're going to talk about the etymology and the breakdown of that particular name and that title, what that really means. But first and foremost, you know, I like to give whoever I'm interviewing a particular nickname. So by doing my due diligence, I was thinking, okay, like, what kind of nickname can I give someone that's so influential, that's been through so many different things, that has started so many different businesses and being so successful, but at the same time has, like, the the the, the zen The yin and the yang all work in equally form at the same time. So I decided to name him the Harmonious Boss. And as this interview progresses, you're going to know exactly why I'm calling him that. So the floor is yours. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about you? And what do you want to talk about today?
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so funny. I usually give people nicknames, especially in our company culture. And now I'm being given a nickname. I'm honored and uh, so grateful uh, to be here with you. And uh, also, welcome, everyone. Uh, I think, you know, today we're going to talk about life. Um, And I don't know about you, but more and more I'm I'm finding that integration, you know, whatever it's uh, time with your career, it's time with your family, with yourself. I mean, we tend to bucket uh, and put our life into different buckets, but really we don't realize that the lesson is the same. It's just a, um, you know, translated a little bit different. So, you know, I've been on this journey through self-transformation. Uh, I've been on a really dark journey, but also very bright journey. Yeah. And I think I really want to uh, ask uh, to, to be used as an instrument of message that will serve you so you don't have to go through the same pain
0: uh, that a lot of us, unfortunately, do. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So I, I think with that, I mean, I think the first thing that we should talk about is kind of historic to, to who you are. Right. I want to talk about the, the etymology behind your name. Right. So I did my research and it comes to find out that it means movement all or none. So I want you to kind of like, is that the meaning that you wanted to go for or what, what does your name actually mean to you? Yeah, so, you know, Noah means movement in Hebrew,
1: and it's got also a bunch of other meanings, but I particularly picked the movement because I was always... On this mission. Uh, and the mission has been how do we unify the world? I don't know about you, but all or none actually symbolizes, uh, uh, I mean, Aeon actually symbolizes all or none. And it also means this duality. So you've got the goods, you've got the bads, you've got the highs, you've got the lows. And my whole life, I've been playing this tennis of light and darkness. Now, when I say light, I'm talking about fun, joyful, mm-hmm. uh, you know, awesome experiences. But then when I say, Dark. I'm talking about, you know, choosing to drink alcohol and choosing to, you know, hurt people and doing the dark part of my life. Now, what I've noticed is that we all have these two voices. And it's who do we pay attention to, too often, which either gets us in trouble, or bring us on a, on a path of light. Now, it symbolizes duality. So Noah is the good guy, so to speak. Aeon is the bad guy. But the mission is to go into harmony, which is right in the middle. And it's kind of bypassing the duality altogether because I've been sick and tired of seeing an like whatever is the company culture, like why is somebody employee, an employer? And why do we have this you know system that is built on very limited amount of people that can hack the system to win over someone else? Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of that. And, uh, and for me, it's been about triple benefit, how it benefits me, how it benefits you, and how it benefits the whole, the planet Earth that we live on. And if it's not of this uh, frequency, I don't do it, I don't touch it, and I'm not interested. And so, you know, that's kind of where this foundation began. And it came from a cave. I went into dark cave and spent 10 days without any food, without any light to basically go through enough hell (laughs) to find myself for who I am, not for who I am not. And out of this place, you know, Noah
0: Aeon came about. Wow. So, I mean, that's a great segue. I mean, out of all the things you could have done to, to essentially find the enlightenment, you chose to go to a dark place and survive just on water for like, you know, a period of time. I want you to talk about that experience. Like, and obviously I think that that was pretty much, that was after you was owning multiple different orange theories. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So basically, uh, maybe I'll reverse a little bit. So my (laughs) whole
1: life, I've been seeker of truth. So no matter if I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, studying and reading books, or I where I am today, I've always just questioned everything because something wasn't clicking. And, you know, we grew up in a society to be told to go to school to, you know, learn a sequence of different programming that we're inheriting. And then we live this limited life, which is essentially aeon, right? It's that, that fearful driven lifestyle that if we accidentally move out of the box, then, um, then we 're you know it's it 's fearful right we we're we 're purposely feared to look outside of the comfort zone now then you 've got this whole other life which is outside of the comfort outside of the norm, which means we recreate anew now I have committed myself in a very young age well, since uh, five years old, I grew up with shaman uh, back in Czech Republic, which is where i 'm from. And essentially, I, you know, had this spiritual side, but also this physical side. So I had this like balance in a way where I understood what it is to go to work and and make money, but also I kept up with my spiritual self, which is later on, uh, helped me find the balance. Now, in this, uh, you know, process, I told myself that every two to three months, I'm going to expose myself through something very uncomfortable. And so, uh, you know, I went around the world. I uh, was traveling from guru to, to, to teacher, to shaman, to, you know, everything that's unseen in a search for truth. I wanted to know what's the true meaning of life. What is it that I'm doing wrong that I continue having depression and anxiety? And, and, and even though I might have money, but that doesn't really translate into happiness. So I committed myself and essentially uh, the biggest pivotal moment happened inside of this cave. Uh, it's in Thailand, and it's 10 days with Jas Muheen, who is a Bertharian. It's as out there as it gets. And essentially, my my purpose was I wanted to get out of there and leave my phone behind, and I needed peace. Mm. And you know, at that time, I had almost 100 locations under my belt in seven different regions uh, in, in America with Orange Theory Fitness, plus a whole bunch of other investments that I have you know cultivated during this time. Now I was burned out. I was like, cool, another Orange Theory or three of them at one week. That was like my max that I literally opened three of them in three different states in one week. And, um, And I was like, for what? I was still empty inside. And so went in there, left my phone, and it took about seven days before I lost it. And when I say lost it, I start crying and I start releasing and surrendering into uh, who I am, not into who I was thinking to be or what society made me to be. And uh, in there, I had a major shift and I was like, I don't want to just be here for my personal self-interest. I want to live in service of others and I want to bring 15 years of traveling Mm -hmm. and learning from all all of this wisdom into a simple, fun, uh, easy, uh, digestible teachings, which is now the teachings of Noah. Now, in that cave, I had a clear vision, which was the Noah Aeon, which was how do we create a modern pathway for ascension for everyday person that can integrate their physical health, their mental health, their emotional well-being, their spiritual connection, their relationships, basically everything that makes up who we are how do we bring a balance to it and a clear, simple path uh, to realization? And uh, that basically, you know, made me walk out of the cave mm-hmm. and essentially um, completely move into creating workshops, retreats and, and
0: lectures and what I'm doing essentially today. Wow. So, I mean, I, I think that there's so many different things we could kind of unpack from that. I think, first of all, you said you had over 100 100- locations, right? So I want some, someone to kind of put that in perspective, right? You may you probably know someone that owns a gym or started a gym singular, but essentially you started it at at scale and you didn't just start it at Georgia and California. I think you also had some locations in Hawaii as well. So you're kind of like, you know, break, breaking out the national and kind of going into the international space to a certain extent. So I want you to talk about like, how did you get into that to begin with, considering where you are right now, how did you get into that space? Yeah, so it was actually 17 years old when I started my first
1: company. And that's back in Czech where my dad gave me a choice. Uh, you either go to school, your life is paid for, or you do your little cycling thing, which, which I was an aspiring you know, athlete at that time. And your life, you're going to have to figure it out. And so essentially, what I what I did, I uh, wanted to, you know, race bikes. I wasn't interested in in school, and and just a little drop into this, I was so far from comprehending the regular school system, that I actually ended up paying my friend to finish my high school for me and the diploma to my father uh, just to satisfy, you know, the basic needs of society. And so I don't even have a high school technically. Uh, I've Everything that I've learned is through self-studies, workshops, retreats, and and really learning through what I thought was meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and essentially at the age of 17, I start trading between Alibaba and eBay. So I... Uh, f- Built a need, which was carbon bikes back then, for uh, groups of people like me that couldn't afford, you know, five, ten thousand dollar bikes. And uh, essentially, I uh, found a picture on Ali on Alibaba directly from factory. I copied and pasted the picture on eBay, and then I sold it on eBay, but shipped it directly from China. And yeah. it required zero dollars to to start. So essentially, this is before Alibaba was known and you know what it is today, and it wasn't trusted enough. So I had to take the leap of that. So that was my first business. Then from there, I uh helped out my father with with real estate. I, I had a whole bunch of you know history with finding locations and fixer-ups and and uh, and doing that piece and um, you know there was a pivotal moment in between all of this when i was this aspiring entrepreneur but also becoming a professional athlete and so i actually ended up becoming professional cyclist but it took so much toll on my health that i completely uh, lost it in a national race and uh, i woke up in the hospital all of my my body just shut down because of no recovery and all of this you know workforce. and essentially uh i had to quit cycling only at about age of 19 or 20 because uh my health wasn't you know comprehending uh the the workload
0: yeah.
1: now in that time i had a autoimmune chronic fatigue i had depression i literally had a suicidal thoughts and feelings it was one of the darkest times cuz i Wanted to be this, you know, athlete that had this identity that had to be completely shaved off. Now, in that process, I ended up moving to America and I was searching for some business that can qualify uh, to have visa uh, to be able to, you know, live here. And so long story short, I went from sushi restaurant in Boulder, Colorado, that ended up not qualifying to uh, tutti frutti frozen yogurt in Hawaii, which which is how I originally got to Hawaii. And I ended up uh, having a rights uh, during the frozen yogurt era. I don't know if you remember when, you know, that was uh, marketed as the as the healthy options for your dessert. But I was sick and tired of making people fat because there was this other part of me inside that knew what's healthy and what knew what's for the greatest good. And that was not it. So me dying inside at 22 years old, I flew to Florida back where my original journey began as a Ford Exchange student. And I went and I essentially uh, found Orange Theory, went into a class, and it was very, uh, very much the same as me being an athlete, you know, high intensity interval training, using technology. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is it. Like this kind of you know kills all of the things that I want to do. So here's a 22 year old that drives across Florida, meets the founder and uh, the president of Orange Theory with about you know, five, six employees at that time with only about six locations. So imagine now it's almost 2000 worldwide. You know, that didn't exist back then. And people called it Orange Therapy. <laughs> that was the, 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 the fun story. Now, I've never really been to Georgia before, but they were like, well, if you can figure out how to get this finance and, and, and signed within two days, you can have Georgia State. And I think it was their way of saying, yeah. you know, uh, screw you. <laughs> if you can't do it, you can have it or, or, or you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And so I got it all figured out. Within two days, I was on a car drive to Atlanta and essentially I had to learn everything from, you know, accounting and employees and and legal and, and franchising. I mean, it was all fresh and new and I was so young, like now looking at it, I'm like, how the hell did people trust yeah. me and believe me at, you know, at that time? But anyway, within six months, we became the fastest growing region in the entire chain. And that escalated into partnership with the president and CEO of Orange Theory. And then we went into the super urban markets. So we went to San Francisco, parts of New York, South Beach, um, uh, Oregon, then uh, Las Vegas and Hawaii. And so essentially those were the, the main markets. And um where I had the area rights, and then we had a whole bunch of franchisees you know underneath that as well, and so we were managing you know our locations, franchisees locations, and essentially the whole you know scale
0: i mean that that's a hell of an origin story right i mean it's 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 kind of something like out of fantasy like it's almost unbelievable like something of that magnitude and and that's just the beginning of your story right like that's not even where you are today. So what I've heard from you over and over again in multiple different ways and, and, and since we started is that you are designed to serve, to help, which kind of leads me to like the definition of a samurai is to serve. And you've actually had formal training with samurais. So I want you to talk about that experience and how that has helped you on your journey to success.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny. So actually, um, so this is what I used to do. I would read a book or take a course and then if that message really resonated with me I wanted to meet the guy behind it or the or the lady behind it and so um this was actually through Dan Millman uh which wrote the book the way of the peaceful warrior if if i'm not mistaken and essentially he uh brought us uh to Japan to you know go on this samurai training and zen master training mm essentially we were learning what it is to be a peaceful warrior in in today's world now in this process it's ironic i actually didn't resonate with it as much as well at that time i, I did but in long term it was much harder the processes than it actually has to be because a lot of it is old um, regiment paradigm versus actually you know finding the access for yourself yeah. now, in this, so I'll tell you a funny story, you know, we would be waking up at 4am and do these long four hour meditations. And literally, you would have a monk walking with a stick behind you. And if you start drifting, they would be <laughs> keeping you awake, essentially with, with the stick. And, uh, and you know, to me, this this was a lot of Discipline, fear-based, which at that time I, I thought that's that was it, right? But that also is what got me in trouble because I was so disciplined and so regimented that I took it so far down that my health completely got shut down. So, you know, my new self now would say questioning it, right? Speaking to your body and asking, is this really what you need right now? Versus my old self, I don't care what you need, my body. you're gonna regime you know be in this system and follow the processes and
0: and uh you know kind of the rational masculine way of of doing things very cool, so I mean obviously with that i mean growing into who you are right now you you found out that you were a cyclist, you were essentially selling frames, then you fell into orange theory, you built that out. And then the next thing, you know, I, I would think was sound, right? I mean, it, those that are familiar with sound therapy, sound baths, and I think that you, even on your LinkedIn profile, you said that you're a DJ producer slash at the 528 hertz, which is essentially the uh, miracle frequency. So I want you to kind of talk about that to a certain extent. It's like, again, your journey is very long, very impactful, but when did you start getting into like the sound and what sound can do for someone? Yeah, so I think what's really important to understand, like I think we
1: talked about the the happy ending, right? Like right now, it's all uh, talking about the, the 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 easy parts, right? The the fun parts. And you know, let me tell you something. So in this process, there was a, a period of life where my ego took over, where it became about having more, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be the next billionaire and this and da 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 and more locations. And this is when I start making mistakes. So. So something good that I did, but also not so good, was starting a company called Tomorrow's Vision, which essentially was a purpose-driven uh private equity fund, so to speak, mm-hmm. where my whole mission was to support early uh startups and that are here for the greatest good of the whole. Uh and and you know, basically offering our team to scale what we've built, whatever it's accounting, uh legal, marketing, branding, you know, and so forth and uh, for a fraction of the cost, right, help them scale. Now, when I was at the peak with Orange Theory, I also started a company called Atmosphere, which was the largest yoga fitness meditation studio in the Southeast, which was right in the heart of Buckhead next to Orange Theory. And, you know, and I thought I'm gonna scale this. And, you know, I had leases in Hawaii, in, in, in LA, in all of these places. And I ended up getting delayed by three years from the opening because of the construction problems now I lost tons of capital in this process I've also it ended up opening in the worst time possible and in the same time I also invested into um, meal plan like a fresh meal plan delivery company Mm -hmm. as well as countless of other things so what happened to me at that time is I overextended time, money, I mean, every possible thing. And I went into the cave to basically have a soul search. Now, when I walked out of the cave, and I decided that I want to live in service, I went into a brutal three years of shaving everything that I've ever had. I got divorced, I lost every single bit that i I gained because I had such a high expenses, but I kept on selling all of these locations, so I had no more of that that income that you know was driving this uh ship and so I got into a massive cash flow issues which eventually led me to literally have you know fifty different accounts below zero. That's how bad it it got yeah. and um and essentially, you know, I decided to serve, but then I forgot that, hey, you have all of these commitments and you can't just get out of something and completely without, you know, seeing seeing it. And, you know, and honestly, I was so done. I was like, I'm done. I just want to do my DJ thing and have fun with, with this. And that's where, you know, I start making mistakes. Now, when I walked out of the cave, I learned how to produce music and I learned how to DJ and I, I, I it was a very clear message and path. But I didn't realize all of this set of past that I had to clear and bring it to the surface because, before I can actually, you know, serve. So I pretty much went back to being a homeless. <laughs> Literally, we had nothing. We had to, we had days. We had to fast in this process, and um, and in this time, you know, I I fallen really dark. I um, was, you know, DJing at the major nightclubs and festivals. But also doing tons of drugs, and you know, seeing the other part of of the, the music scene that that I you know didn't start it for, and essentially to go back to the frequency. So there's this thing called solfeggio frequencies, which are meant to be um, uh, healing for us. And as a, as a visionary, I've always you know done things different. And essentially, what I did, I wanted to bring it into a modern. Uh, sound so that way we don't just have to listen to these subtle frequencies we can Mm. actually dance and experience healing while we're doing it and so that was essentially the 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 start of the the system reset tools which uh, we now teach and it's a combination of breath dance and meditation Mm. i call it bdm so you've got edm you know electronic dance music but you also have got bdm which is breath dance meditation and in this integration, I found that people can actually access their nervous system, they can access their subconscious mind, and they can deal with all of these traumas and deal with all of these things of today's world in a very fun and awesome way. But it took me dark for several years before I you know, got that. And essentially, I didn't make it back until COVID and you know this might be this is the story that i'm you know not always as proud of but literally it was you know in a lot of ways given to me and so when covid happened i was basically fucked <laughs> like all of the locations i had left were you know all physical locations so not that we didn't have any cash flow to work with we also had to shut down and essentially in that process Um, I told my team that was left, the little team, that in these periods of time, this is when we can, you know, also grow the most. And so essentially, we got, uh, we knew how to open locations. And so I used Orange Theory locations to start COVID testing. Mm -hmm. And essentially, during COVID, uh, you know, there was no testing anywhere. And uh, we built it uh, into many, many locations around the country. We later built technology on how to clear people, and the intention was how do we start events back so our whole thing was like screw this you know after all of this effort I had I had to cancel forty events in just the first three months, which was essential to our you know income and to to everything that we were doing and so we basically went back into the um, business saddle uh, we teamed up of Orange Theory locations. And later on, we just start opening physical locations. And we built it so far within just a very short time that we were the testing partners for Atlanta Hawks. We, we did Home Depot, we did IHG Hotels, Sony Pictures. I mean, we've tested some of the largest companies Uh, on the, on the market. And that's, that's how I made it back.
0: (laughs) I think it's definitely phenomenal. And one thing that, that you said over and over again, which kind of leads me to talk about Danielle, um, also better known as the fairy, you said, we, a lot, right? And so those that that follow you and that, that, that know who you are and is looking at you like that, that's kind of like your better half. So I want you to kind of talk about in this journey, right? Like we're painting this picture. You had these ups and downs. You went into a cave. You had 100 locations. You were selling bikes. And there's all these different fragments in the timeline. When did she come into the picture?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for her, like I would go very dark. I mean, I was so south in the hardest parts when I was getting divorced, when uh, when I had literally no money, you know, have two kids to feed. Mm-hmm. I was so far down that I didn't think I'm going to make it back up. I mean, I was, you know, doing drugs and I was doing so much alcohol just to basically um, mask the pain, you know, that that. So many of us go through in in these times or in general because of not facing, you know, who we are now. It's a it's crazy. So I found her in Hawaii. So everything got so bad that I literally the only locations that I couldn't sell or the only region was um, was Hawaii with Orange Theory. And it got so bad that we literally I had to move back there to essentially, you know, fix it. And that was about three months before COVID hit. So now imagine I move back, I like stop again doing all these teachings and and um, and uh, uh, DJing and everything that I loved. And I was like, okay, I gotta go back to work. <laughs> essentially, now in that process, she was uh, managing uh, our our big portion of the of the business, and I didn't even know she existed. <laughs> Because I was so far out of the the management side of things, that you know, like I told you, I, I I had no idea who was working there. So in that process, we we met, and she she had a big, deep desire for events and for for everything that we're doing today. And so we kept on meeting every day, and she was like, um, "I would, you know." So one of the things that I've always done with every single company was having a super strong company culture. And so I would ask people, what's your why and what is your driving force? And I always tell people, you know, we live by 80-20. 80% of time you experience your why within our company and 20% of the time you spend on things that are necessary, whatever it's called, you know, leads and and payroll, things that nobody likes to do, but it's essential, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was, you know, just with everybody else. I wanted to know her why. And so her why was to create conscious events. And I was like, well, I spent last four or five years, you know, doing this. So why don't we start a company that will also help with Legion for our Orange Theories? So we started thing called um unfiltered events. And uh we were doing, you know, yoga, fitness, dance parties that are without alcohol and meditation and breath work. So everything that we're doing now, uh, we started it, but then COVID hit. So, you know, one slap after another. And that was the period when, you know, I ended up moving to Houston and, you know, long story short, I moved there to build world's first ever biohacking hotel on, on top of, you know, all of this, but we lost that too. So we had all of the funding, all of this was ready, but again, you know, COVID kind of was a was a pivotal time for, you know, the world. And uh, essentially, she ended up moving there with me. And that's how she really helped me lift back up to to see me in light, even though I was not in light at any level.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's phenomenal and, and kind of going back to, to my due diligence. Right. I mean, your parents. Right. Kind of just stepping back to, to who you are, you're both your parents. And again, correct me if I'm wrong in any part of this story. But they had a joint venture uh, as far as when you, when you were younger and they, uh, I think the name of it was Campa, was the name of the actual location that both of them worked, worked together and they actually, you know, used that to, to, to build revenue for your family. So it's kind of funny that, you know, you're kind of like where your dad is now, where your dad was back then. I want you to kind of talk about growing up in that environment, an entrepreneurial household with that Campa and like, what does that really mean to you?
1: Yeah totally so it's funny because it all went full circles behind so actually my dad now uh, I'm with him this is this is uh, he's he's with us and we actually brought him back to essentially help our Noah Aeon um e-commerce platform cool. to essentially uh keep us organized keep do all of the shipping handling customs he deals with factories and so you know post communist era is when uh when i was born and essentially me and my dad I'm sorry, uh, me and uh, my dad and my mom, they, uh, there was nothing in check. You know, everything was gray. There was no, everything was uh, owned by the government. And essentially, there was a huge opportunity in everything at the same time. So for them, you know, they started with, uh, with food business at first, but then they actually went into Textile. Mm-hmm. And uh, They start, uh, you know, bringing clothing, uh, kids' clothing, to to Czech Republic and then beyond. After, and essentially, you know, same thing started with with right after communists with nothing. They were driving, you know, back then from Turkey to Czech, which is a two day two day drive, bringing leather, bringing you know anything that could sell, essentially, in in uh, in this time. And uh, you know, later on, I mean, we became very uh, strong allies uh, in in business, uh, whatever it was, real estate, whatever it was, uh, uh, you know, the retail, wholesale, and um, and in COVID, we kind of broke, you know, sideways uh, because we just had to figure things out, and uh, came back essentially now with with our uh, conscious uh, product sale on on the Noah Aeon uh, website.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely very, very interesting, right? And, I mean, again, you're so diversified, but, again, all of it is stepping from to serve. So if you can define yourself in just using three to five words, what would those three to five words be? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, driven. uh, It's it's passionate. And it's... it's it's unifying or you know by my whole thing is about unity i cannot Mm. stress that enough because i am just tired of judgment and you know race differences like i've never understood it until i moved to atlanta georgia that this even exists like in my world that never existed and to see that what people are what people grow up in is is just uh so far from my my point of view, and I think that was the craziest part about our events is we have the most diversified crowd you will ever see. And it is because we welcome everyone. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if your heart is open and you're ready to experience yourself at the greatest good, then you're welcome. And that's, that's really, I think, uh, my biggest mission. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that that's a phenomenal point. I mean, I think you had made a post about it. I think it was on Instagram or one one of your uh, social media platforms about traveling with, with your son and your daughter and giving them the opportunity to learn through the cultures that they're experiencing through you. So I want you to talk about like obviously coming from the, the background that you grew up in and then you said you didn't really experience the negative side of things until you came to Atlanta, but now you're influencing your kids to not only be entrepreneurs, but also be very inviting to multi multicultural environments.
1: Yeah, you know, see, it's so funny. Like I view uh, kids as as if they are, you know, adults uh, because I think we 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 obviously have to spoon feed them at a different stage of what they are able to comprehend, but we also cannot um, disrespect them in a the ways of what they already know and what they are seeking. And I think the, the norm in a culture is to shut kids down when they have questions and ideas. And that shutting down is the pivotal moment of why our culture doesn't question. So think about it. Our culture is we're being brought up to be factory workers or sheeps uh, in, in a lot of ways. And essentially uh, only very few sheep, uh, sheeps right they they move out of the hurt to then start their own hurts but i- i i challenge even that is that we need to wake all of us up to this greater potential, which happens through education through traveling through uh through just understanding and learning through our differences, which leads us to a very simple thing, which after literally traveling the world, I've came to a conclusion that we're way more alike than we're different. You know, only thing that separates us is air. I mean, literally. And if you, let's say you convert the idea of air into space, then, you know, think about it. We're off the same space, off the same, you know, frequency. And essentially that led me to understanding of our existence in like these three different ways so there is the me uh, which is the individual consciousness the aspect that you can uh, affect and that's part of your physical body that's Mm. your health your sleep nutrition diet you know everything around body then you've got your mind which is everything to do with your thoughts what do you think of yourself what do you think of another because if you don't you know fuel your mind with the proper information and new education, you're going to be living that limited life. Then you've got your emotions, which, you know, again, we're brought up uh, to not look into our emotions. We're brought up that crying for men specifically is weakness. And see, until I realized and went back in time to all my traumas and to all the people I've heard, and I opened up that emotional body, you know, I was again limited. And then we have this spiritual side of us which is completely hidden whatever it's religions and whatever it's you know dogmas and 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 beyond and this is really uh the the outside of living outside of your five senses so think about your physical body as your five senses that everybody understands and that get us in trouble a lot of times and then uh you've got your spiritual senses which mm-hmm. is your uh your your psychic part of yourself. Now everybody has these. This is not a wow, and it's essentially if I just dumb it down, think of it as your spiritual gifts. And everybody has the gift of hearing. Now, when I say hearing, it's the subtle voice that has your highest interest inside of your your head. It's the voice that tells you don't drink anymore. You know, go to go to go to gym, uh, go to sleep instead of watching Netflix. Right? It's that voice that has that helps us to navigate us but a lot of times we avoid that voice which is what gets us in trouble
0: yeah.
1: we've got the other gift which is your seeing uh whatever it's lucid dreaming or it's visions as simple as having a vision uh you know 10 years from now or 2 years from now to start a new business or something new that is not here yet that's our psychic seeing essentially then we've got our intuition or knowing which is when you think you don't know, but when you know, you don't require thinking. So it's that inner, like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted that person. I knew I shouldn't have gone home when, you know, you should have. And that's something that, again, we have to listen to, but we don't always pay attention to. And then you've got your feeling, which uh, which is also could be considered empath. And that's when you had a bad feeling about someone or you go into a room and there was a fight, and it doesn't the room doesn't feel right so these are our four psychic senses that everybody has but we're not brought up to understand them and i've learned about this in my in a psychic village in brazil so i spent you know literally a month with the psychics in in brazil to see, to open them up uh, to open myself up to these other gifts that we're not taught that are really no brainer when you actually start uh, working with them now the way you build them you acknowledge them Just like when you go to gym and you build your muscles, you simply say, thank you, I heard it, or thank you, I saw it. Thank you, I, you know, acknowledge it or feel it. And when you start acknowledging it and also pay attention to the message that it's trying to convey to you, then your life starts working for you. And it's the shift. And that's basically the me. So me is an individual consciousness. Then you've got the We which is collective. And naturally, so this is what happened for me, I start fixing my health, I start fixing my mental health, emotional well being and connecting to my spiritual side of things. And then I was like, what about others, right? Like we naturally go from self mastery, which is when we learn and educate and grow as a, as, a, as a me. And we go into service. And you know, I, I literally there's not a person that I've never ever met that wouldn't tell you they wanna do something good for another, like we have, it's a divine nature inside of us. So when you look at the we, the collective, that's when you start uh, thinking about your relationships. So anything that you are, that makes up who you are within your cultures, but also it's the environment. And that could be water that you drink, air that you breathe, food that you eat, anything in the collective, the we uh, consciousness. And then there's the final uh, one, which is the supra collective or supra consciousness. And I call it the B, the essence. And that is, how did we get here? You know, there is obviously we wake up every morning and there is a sun moving around us, there is a moon, there's all of these other concepts that we can't even comprehend, but we're off that, you know, supra consciousness. So, me, we, and B is the three models that I teach that essentially we take people on to to educate them on, on on this simple way of of life, and uh, essentially that's kind of in this journey I, I've you know came across this very prominent model.
0: Hmm. So I mean, just playing off of B, and earlier on you had said you know going back in time right and then you also earlier said that you had some ups and downs right you had some dark places to where you've overcame them so going from the state of mind of being in the B, if you could time travel back to a younger version of yourself when would you go back to and what would you do differently if you could do it all over again yeah
1: well so it's so funny um in this process, I've learned about these four stages. So there's four stages of, of this journey. And see, what I would do differently is bring more awareness and more consciousness or more light to each of them. So first of all, I wouldn't be so damn hard on myself. And I think, you know, whatever it's guilt of not being good enough, whatever it's guilt of not working hard enough, uh, it would be, you know, that guilt, those negative parts of my thoughts and emotions is something that i've just like wasted way too much time you know in my life the other part would be to forgive myself and accept myself as i am because my whole life i fought with you know uh, am i good enough to do this and and can i you know at my age right like will people trust me and and you know there's been doubt after doubt that uh, that was all made by the small self the egoic part of me and so you know in this way, I basically created these four steps to recognize where I am. And so I would bring these steps to it. So that way I don't I don't continue being hard on myself, but rather go through them as a natural cycle of life. And so these four stages, uh, stage one is wake up or awakening. So you wake up that there is a, a better solution. There is something else that you can do. And that applies to all of the me we be. So as an example, you go and get a blood work and you wake up that you have a really high toxicity. Let's say that you have a really high environmental toxins, which is what's making you tired and sick, right? So in a wake up process, you realize something is not working. Then, you go into the second stage which is the cleanup process mm-hmm. and so if you had a high toxicity you would detox right on a physical level if you had a really negative emotions or thoughts towards someone you would let that go you would work with that someone or through them in the in the cleanup phase now when you clean up and you create more room for your life then you're ready to go into the third phase which is the power up phase And in power-up, you will maybe get a vitamin C and glutathione and maybe you will find new friends. You will also replace your emotions with more happiness, more playfulness. So do you see? So then you go into, you know, bring that new stuff in because you created the space. And then the fourth stage is rest up. And this is what I would definitely tell myself the most. I would never rest. I would not take time off. I would not take time just for myself. And if you don't take time without your cell phone, without anybody, how the hell are you gonna hear who you are? Does that make sense? So for me, it happened first time in a cave, but now I just take once in a week and then three times per month, and then once in a year, Time, which is dedicated just me with myself with my thoughts, and recreating that cycle again and um these cycles work on a micro basis on a me part right within your body mind, emotions, and spirit, but these also cycles work on macro basis, which is what are you dealing with as a as a culture or as a as a country right there's a collective uh, essentially karma in a lot of ways you could you could you know make that statement. And uh, and that's this this fourth step of the journey that I would give myself.
0: <laughs> so let, let let's unpack that for today for the listener, right? And and let's just make a hypothetical listener. Let's say it's a a listener that's um, middle age, right? They've had successes and failures just like everyone else in that category. Um, and me and my wife talk about this pretty frequently, and I actually talked about this on an episode earlier today, about being in that middle age spot to where on one hand you're dealing with the life events and the health issues of your parents, and you're also dealing with the teenagers that are upgrowing, and then you're dealing with your own personal demons all at the same time. So that's the only time in a lifespan that you're dealing with these three things at the same time. What words of wisdom would you give to someone to kind of help them to shift between, like you said before, like the we and the be to become their whole selves?
1: Yeah, so I think first thing first, you've got to question your existence, your why. So your intention, where your intention goes, your energy flows. Now, if your intention goes to your to what you think that goes for you which is when you're thinking when you're just using your your egoic or smaller self for this for this matter then that's that self that only knows whatever you've learned in the past and whatever you're projecting into the future so it's a limited self right so in a lot of ways number one you have to Understand that you did not come here just to have a job, to have a success and to, you know, raise your kids and be done with it. We came here to earth to descend from this gradual, you know, aspect of us, the unseen that we can comprehend, to ascend. So essentially, we came here to descend, to ascend, to learn through all of these experiences that we call life. But in this process, we forgot that we are actually extremely powerful. We're creators of our own reality in every aspect. And let me dim it down so simple. When you own your time, you own your life. So essentially, in this process, you want to determine what is taking your essence, your life away, and what is bringing your life to you. Uh, In even simpler forms, we either live in a degenerative spiral which means we're doing things that we're taught to do, and we're sick and tired of our job or our boss, and we continue living in this negative aeon-based spiral, which is, you know, that 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 uh, degeneration, versus living in the regenerative spiral, which then touches every aspect of yourself, and that is when you're doing things based on your passion, based on your purpose, and creating legacy through them. Now, when you're regenerating. Everything works for you. This is law of synchronicities. You're essentially spending time the way you choose to, which is bringing your frequency up to your highest potential. Now, in this process, though, you got to pause because how do you even know what your purpose is if you're just constantly doing and doing and doing what other people want you to do? So if you take a pause, you connect with your breath, you just leave for a weekend to a cabin, whatever it is, you got to remove yourself from everything so you can hear. And then that inner calling, that passion that's been always calling you, whatever it is to create a book or to, uh, you know, to write, to dance, whatever your, or to travel, whatever your passion is, you got to hone it down, write it down, and spend at least every day, 1% of your time on passion. So for me, to give you an example, it's music. So it's to create music, to, to you know, uh, whatever, it's new music or to DJ, anything around music and frequency sound, that is my passion. Now, then you got to find your purpose. And whatever that purpose is, you know, don't get upset if it's not here yet. But it's whatever those that inner silent voice is telling you every once in a while, it's coming back. And usually it comes when you're off, when you're not going to work every day, you know, it comes to you like, I wish I did, you know, that, whatever that is, you have to find and define that for you in that process. Now, for me, purpose is teaching. So it's our retreats, it's our workshops, it's our lectures, it's masterminds, it's anything that I can give myself away, essentially, with all of the tools that I've learned. That is when I live in purpose. Now, how do we integrate all of this, right? So it's passion, purpose, and legacy. Legacy, I call career, mission, job, work, something that will end up making you money so you can live in this third-dimensional space. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. And I used to have a, you know, bad relationship with money. I thought that I can only make money with being an entrepreneur and didn't realize that I can make it through my passion and purpose that will make legacy. So when you go to our, our website today, the Noah Aeon, essentially I integrated everything. So we have the purpose of the retreats, workshops around the world. We have the passion, which is the musical experiences that we curate. And then we also sell conscious products, offerings, courses, and uh, an on-demand library. So here's here's just an example of, you know, how I was able to integrate every aspect of my life so I no longer live for someone else.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think part of like being in branding you're living the brand like the fact that you renamed yourself to coexist with your brand in parallel structure like it's one and the same so for you you're probably at your happiest state of mind when you're doing or serving at the highest capacity that you probably can but at the same time you're also delivering to your family like you said before it's something that's an opportunity for you to take your kids on islands and take your kids to the beach or take your kids on in all these different adventures that you've had, you know, throughout your life, your kids have been there with you to, to an, a, a particular segmentation of it, but you're giving them opportunities to see what the world really is about versus just being landlocked into one location. So with all of those things, right. My next question is like out of all of your achievements. And again, you have dozens of achievements outside of your family, which one is your greatest achievement to date?
1: So he, here's the thing. Uh, so first thing first, I don't really view any of it as an achievement in a lot of ways because I see it when, when you know when we're proud of something, it, it it we should we should live in a constant uh, revolving joy. So first thing first, like I never feel like I've I am a master of anything, but dancing with life, and that is the mastery through everything. Right. And so if I can have an achievement, it is to live in a harmony, in balance with all of the way I spend my time. And I think if I can continue basically choosing every experience that I'm living, Mm -hmm. then there is no better, uh, uh, you know, achievement in that perspective than than to do so. And Mm -hmm. that applies to everything and everyone. Right. And that's, again, reminder for everyone listening we are supposed to live our life the way we choose to. But if we don't take time to choose how we want to live the life, how are you expecting to live life that you want to? And so that's uh, uh, that's
0: there. <laughs> well, and I think through that also is influences as well too, right? I mean, I think there was like a little video clip when your daughter was younger and she was getting her first ice bath. And, you know, and it was like, she was like, he was, I think you asked or somebody asked her how it was and she was like, it's good. But she was shaking because obviously it was cold, but she was enjoying it because it was her first experience. So I want you to talk about like how important is it to, yes, to be successful in your business. Yes, you talk about state of mind. But in, in reality, the experiences that make you who you are, how relevant are those to become successful?
1: You know, it's it's everything. So I've always been a person that never uh cared for things. So when it comes to things and stuff and, and, you know, that had never defined me. And I can tell you when I had nothing, I felt no different as well as when I had everything or considerably everything. And, you know, and I went from flying private jet to, you know, living the five plus stars lifestyle to completely everything being wiped away from from me and in that process i've never changed when it came to you know that piece so every single time i valued ever it's been all experiences and this is when like it was so hard for some people even understand that we had nothing in those in those periods of time because i still the little things we had we always reinvested it into you know self-growth travel education and this is when you know people have to release fear and 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 they have to replace it with trust Because the one thing I've always had was this trust and divine knowing that I will be okay no matter what. Now, when I say no matter what, you still want to have the the intention, which is for the highest good of all. Because if you're living a life that is all about self-interest and, you know, how can I gain all of these goals for having a bigger house and better car and, and, you know, bigger plane or whatever that is, then you are living in duality. And, you know, there's two ways to manifest or to create. There is the heart way to manifest, which comes from that, you know, greatest good of all from service and from, you know, learning uh, that can manifest you millions, billions. I mean, whatever. I mean, we are meant to be abundant, you know, beings. But here's the catch. You know, uh, there was a, a movie called Secret, uh, which maybe maybe you you, you know, uh, that was all about law of attraction. Mm-hmm. but this is the conventional third chakra or or small self creation where you know we start thinking how we will have this big house and we start you know putting all the efforts to it and uh, and but then it has a catch you know maybe you get the house you can create whatever you wish to but if it's not of your highest good and it comes from a place of your ego then maybe the house burns in a few months or maybe what happens is you will uh, lose job that was paying for the mortgage of the house, right? So there's always a catch unless you live off of this this highest uh, uh, knowing. Hmm. I and think that's what happened to me,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can, I, I can definitely see it. So I mean, obviously, you're setting up to where you've lived it, you lived the example, and you're trying to help people avoid going through what you went through, which again is, is the highest way you can serve, right? Absolutely. I'm listening, go ahead. No, so that's that's what
1: ultimately we will come back to, right? But here's the thing in this process of coming to, there is a a there's a stages of of consciousness that you have to, you know, embody. And so, you know, there's five stages which actually are also represented in our company cultures. And you know, the stage one is life sucks. This is usually gangs. This is usually uh, third world countries where life actually does suck and people don't know how to get out of it. Now, second stage is my life sucks, which is uh, that victimhood mindset where we start realizing that my life is worse than yours. Then, third stage is I am great and you are not. This is when you become more confident, educated. Um, I don't want to badmouth doctors or, or or attorneys, but a lot of times, somebody with a very large education they think of themselves as better than somebody else because they didn't go through that same education and so that's just an example now fourth stage is we are great this is when you move out of the me 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 into a collective uh but you are not so it's a still competition in 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 a ways mm-hmm. and uh to give you an example it would be like um olympics right you've got usa against mexico or usa against canada it's a team against team that's unified And then fifth stage is life is great, period. How do we experience uh, this inheritance divine with all of us together? And how do we educate and learn and share those gifts between one another? And so that's, you know, kind of like a quick breakdown of, of the layers we might be going through. And essentially, without each layer, we—it's kind of like a milestone to our, you know, intelligence of
0: of your em- emotional uh, intelligence of growth. I think it's def- definitely interesting, and, and I think like this episode is one of the episodes to where. I think this is probably going to be part one of of, of a couple other episodes because, I mean, there's so many different things that we can kind of talk about as, as far as like strategy, as far as like marketing, as far as philosophy, and as far as how all these things intertwine to not only become successful, but also be happy as well. Right. Because, I mean, that's that's people are trying to be successful to ultimately be happy. But, you know, ideally, you're going to have to be happy before you can be successful. So it's kind of like this duality, like you said earlier on. And I think you definitely brought that to light this particular episode. Um, so going into closing, what I like to do is whoever I'm interviewing, and I think that you're such a, a phenomenal guest and you have so many different insights, I would like you to become the host of the Boston Cage podcast, and I would like you to interview me. So what questions do you have for me? I love it. And so first of all, thank you for what you're doing
1: because it is a crucial part of our evolution. So I always say education Equals inspiration. Inspiration yeah. gives you motivation and that gives you results in life. So kudos to you, number one, to spend this time and doing this because without you, people wouldn't be part of that that awakening process. Yeah. Now, the question I would have for you is: you have seen a lot of episodes and 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 um and um and podcasts. What is the 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 top three trailing uh, things that uh, people are repeating? Because I think there is a, there's a data set that you're starting to gather, which could be
0: interesting to, to use. Yeah, I think the, 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 it's so difficult to take so many different words and to compile them into one. But I think that one word for everyone that I've interviewed, including yourself, it's just um, focus is one. Focus is one of the primary things. It doesn't matter if it's focused on multiple things. It's just focus on where you are and where you're going. Like that's always the constant movement, which goes back to your name. It's always progressing. The progress of not just winning, the progress of living, the progress of becoming a champion, the progress of success, all of that is in that forward movement. So that's one thing. I think another one is overcoming hurdles. Everyone has some kind of hurdles, whether it's death, health. Uh, or, or mental, like you said before, you were in a dark place. You were drinking. That's always something that's common. It, it's always some moment of this could end right now, or I can overcome it and become more than where I am right now. And that's another reoccurring thing. And third, but last but not least, what I see collectively is legacy. People are always they're building these empires or they're, they're building these companies, these corporations. But much like you like your daughter being in in an ice bath, you're essentially creating these environments. And I think the other thing that you did well too is that one of your services is um, tribal dinner experience. It kind of goes back to exactly what you're doing. You're building these micro experiences for you, for others, for your family, so they can kind of live and see what life is really about. Beautiful.
1: Yes. And it's so funny, you know, we all have, ultimately it's it's one message you know what is truth it's always truth and what is lie will eventually come out and whatever it's dogmas whatever it's teachings religions of uh, governments you know things that are not of this highest good they will come out and they will be shook when enough people will start seeing it for what it is and uh, and i think that's what i see everywhere i go is you know, it doesn't matter where you get it, it's whatever resonates with you to take it and stop, you know, wasting your time with uh, with being in a victimhood mindset. It's time to take that charge, take the control, start solving one thing at a time and bring and be aware of your power. You are so much more than you think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, it goes back to to your nickname, right? The, the Harmonious Boss. And again, I think you're living on like the miracle frequency, right? So I mean, all of these things, and even like your nickname all ties into everything that you're doing. So I think it's it's a phenomenal, it's, it's a little bit of a twist on our standard episodes, but I think it get, brings a little bit of enlightenment to understand that not everything you need to do to be successful needs to be clear cut. You have to kind of carve your own path and make sure that you're happy on that journey. Yeah, you know, I, I see it as like a boundaries, right? Like you create, you you
1: build yourself up uh, or your 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 software, right? Your your if you think of your, your mind as a software and your body as the hardware, and then if you think of a computer or iPhone or whatever you're using as, you know, uh, you you've got a certain amount of apps, and each app you either use or you don't use. The mm-hmm. same thing we have in our life. We have a certain amount of relationships, certain amount of qualities and pods and ideas that we either use or don't use but if we continue using the same freaking programming that is obviously not working for us and if we don't hold the app and exit out of it we're just going to keep on reliving the same life that we we live
0: yeah. but
1: this is why connecting to the what i like to call internet you know so computers and iphone needs to be connected to internet to download and upload new software well that's what meditation is for that's what breathwork is for that's what this time being on your own is for you connect to the internet to reapply all of the things that or reassess all of these things so that way you can move into the that passion purpose legacy that you
0: deserve to to have yeah. yeah. Well, I think I, I definitely appreciate you being on, on the show today. I think this is not going to be the last time we're going to be in communication. I think there's so many different things that we can continue to unpack. And I always make this facetious joke about, you know, an hour is kind of like a, a window of opportunity. But in reality, now I understand why Joe Rogan's podcast is four or five hours long, because you start to get into these in, in-depth conversations and you go down these deep wormholes. And there's only one way for you to unpack it, It's just over time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I definitely appreciate you being here. I think the listener got some, like, some serious insight from a different point of view on how you can also be successful and how you could also live a prosperous life as well. So I definitely appreciate you and thank you.
1: Absolutely. And one thing I do want to mention is uh, everything that we've talked about, we actually have something called High Achiever Course which takes people uh, into like a mastermind. It's a a digital way to connect with us. And we're launching one in August, which we will literally go through the me, we, be, we'll go through the passion, purpose, legacy, and we'll actually help people define it and find it for themselves. And so I think that's something that would love to uh, uh, share with you guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think also you have a summit coming up in London next month as well. Why don't you um, tell them a little bit about that? Yeah so we'll be back on a global tour so we we have uh i think we
1: have 6 events in in London so if anybody's there we we do anything from conference uh to uh, uh to like a day reset uh, all the way to our system reset which is at this uh old church it's it's going to be this full on musical experience with uh with instrumentalists and sound healers it's uh that's kind of how we we take it to another level uh just like if you went into a show but you know obviously we use breath as the as the choice of drug <laughs> and uh then um and then we'll be in Orlando for the largest biohacking conference in the world with Dave Asprey uh and um and then we're going to Asia so we'll have a whole asian tour uh following but uh, yeah, you can just find us uh, on- online uh, at the com for the latest updated events. And also, I uh, we're giving a 90-day free on-demand library to all the listeners uh, with uh, all of our meditations and breathwork. So you can mm-hmm. kind of figure out what's the daily time
0: spent for you so you can discover all the things that we've talked about. And, and the address for that one, so for the free ninety days, do you want to go ahead and recite that so they could go ahead and go to that page?
1: Yeah, so it's the n o a a o n dot com, aon dot com, and then we're we're actually sending a special link, so we'll, we'll 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 give it in the in the bio, uh, so that way people can just click on it and it's
0: easy. But it's under the on demand uh, library, essentially. Perfect, perfect. Well, again, I definitely appreciate you. Uh, I look forward to seeing what else you're going to do. I mean, obviously, being a world traveler, there's no. There's no telling where you're going to be at any given time, right? Which is definitely a hell of a life to live. So I definitely appreciate you being here. And again, for the listener, they thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. All right. I say Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember to become a boss in CAGE you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.